for our Bible reading this morning, let's turn to Second Corinthians chapter 5. I'd like to begin reading at verse 1. Second Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up in of life. Now he that hath wrought for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we might be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> Let us pray. Our holy and righteous Father, we wait in thy presence this morning. Coming in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and upon the basis of his shed blood. We ask, my Father, that Thou wilt draw our hearts and minds in from the world. And in this hour, Thou wilt speak to us from Thy precious Word. And that Thy Word will be written upon our hearts and hid in our hearts. You may use it for Thy glory, even today, tomorrow, and the weeks to come. And my Father, we wait before Thee this morning because Thou art our help and our hope. We have none other but Thee. We have none that we can turn to but Thee. Thou hast stripped us of all things. Our help and our hope cometh from Thee. And so we do pray that You will cleanse us from sin and have mercy upon us cleanse our hearts and give us a pure heart and clean hands that we may worship thee in spirit and in truth this morning is our prayer. We thank you for each precious soul that you've sent this way, deal mightily and effectually with their hearts. Now my Father be with the sick in our midst, have mercy upon them, turn them we pray unto thee, quiet their hearts before thee. And may you teach them to lean upon thee and to rest upon thee is our prayer. All of those who have asked for prayer this week, we bring them to thee. And pray that thy mercies will rest upon them. And their hearts will rest at thy feet. They'll find that rest that only thou canst give. And my Father, we come to that time look at thy precious word. We come knowing that unless thou dost write upon our hearts that no good is done, only by thy spirit working in us can we understand thy word, believe thy word, and walk in the light of thy word, and put it into practice day by day. So fill us with thy spirit that we may be able to speak in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And that Christ Jesus, our Lord, will get all the honor and all the glory. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We want to take as our text this morning that 17th verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which reads, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. <clears throat> I'd like for us to look this morning, by the grace of God, at the title of our message called The Changed Man. 
And the changed man can only be changed by the grace of God as the Holy Spirit works in his heart. And that's the reason that Christ Jesus the Lord came, as he tells us in the rest of those verses, 18 through 21. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. And then the whole gospel in verse 21, For God hath made Christ to be sin for us, who know no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's one thing we learn from verse 17, that when God saves a man, when God delivers a man, the scripture says that he makes him a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I trust when we finish the message this morning that we would have brought you from the word of God to show you that this is exactly what the word of God teaches. that he engrafts us into Christ and therefore being in Christ and engrafted into Christ we've been made a new creation altogether completely a new man and that the old things are passed away and behold all things are become new. First of all, this morning, let's look at the Christian's position. I want you to notice an expression there in verse 17 that's made throughout the whole Word of, word of God, over and over, especially in the, in the epistle to the Ephesians. It talks about the Christian's position, and that is that he is a man that is in Christ. And Christ in him, the hope of glory. And therefore, if Christ be in us, then something has to happen. And that is, if the life of Christ begins to flow through us by faith, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, indwells us. And we begin to walk and to talk. And our whole disposition has become a new thing. Because all things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. There are three stages to the believer's life. Three stages spoken of in the Word of God concerning the human soul in connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. The first is that we are without Christ. 
We're in a state of nature. And he speaks of that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 18 and these words where he says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. That is the state of nature that we're in. Or as he tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened, you hath he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and in sins. That's where we were. That's where every man comes into the world. He comes into the world dead in trespasses and sins. And God has to come and quicken him and make him alive and has to give him a new heart, a new nature, if he's ever <clears throat> to be able to say that he's in Christ and that heaven's his home. Christ is his Savior, his Lord, and his Redeemer. And then Ephesians 1, 6 tells us that the second position of the believer after God has saved him is that he is in Christ to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein God hath made us accepted in the beloved that is in Christ. In the third verse of chapter 1 he says that we are made <coughs> we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He says in verse 12 that we should be to the praise of the glory of his glory who first trusted in Christ. It goes on and on throughout the word of God that the word of God speaks of the child of God, that the one who has been born again by the Spirit of God, whose heart has been opened by the Holy Spirit to see his need of Christ. He is in a state when he comes to know Christ, of being in Christ. And then the third state that the Scripture speaks of is a state of being with Christ. As he tells us in Colossians 3, 4, that when, God hath, when Christ shall come again, for we are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God, and when Christ, who is our life, shall appear then shall you also appear with him in glory. That's the third stage that God brings us into. When he brings us out of the state of nature and he brings us into the state of grace in Christ, accepted in the beloved, and then the third step is one day by his marvelous grace he's coming back to get us and we shall be with him forever and forever. To be without Christ is a state that we're born into. To be without Christ is a state being without God, without hope, strangers and to the commonwealth of Israel, to the commonwealth of grace. To be with Christ in glory means that in the, this life we have come to know Christ, 
and she'll be in a place of glorious joy, peace, rest, praise, and communion in perfect holiness with him forever and ever where there will be no more sin because in this life we come to know Christ and accept it in the Beloved and all things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Let's look briefly at that statement in Christ. What, it mean, what does it mean to be in Christ? If salvation is knowing Christ, if salvation is being accepted in the Beloved, if salvation is being in Christ, then something has happened. Something will happen. Something continues to happen. It is a radical departure from the old life. God brings us out of the kingdom of darkness and brings us into the kingdom of God's dear Son. To bring us in Christ, to bring us into the place where we are accepted in the Beloved, a work of grace has to be worked in our souls by the Holy Spirit. Beloved, I'll go to my grave preaching the salvations of the Lord. I'll go to my grave preaching that salvation must be wrought our work in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I'll go to my grave preaching and believing that when God saves a soul, he makes him a new creation, that all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I cannot leave the foundation that's been laid in my heart, the foundation that's laid in the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit must come to work in our hearts that work of grace or it's never done. For by nature, we hate God. By nature, we don't want to have anything to do with God. By nature, we love sin. By nature, we love our own way. By nature, we want to run off into the pleasures of this world and hang on to all that's in this world. And we do not want to hear of the gospel of the grace of God, nor of the blood of the cross, nor do we want to hear that God is going to take out of us the love of sin and put within us the love of holiness. We don't like that. We don't want to face it. But this is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. How can there be a new creation if all things have not passed away and behold all things have not become new? So when, when God comes by His Spirit, takes us out of the kingdom of darkness, Colossians 1.13, and translates us or puts us in 
to the kingdom of light. And he works in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, the new birth. He works in our hearts that grace of faith and that grace of repentance whereby we sorrow over sin, we sorrow over the way we have treated a thrice holy God, and we cry after holiness and the way of righteousness. This work of grace. I praise God for this work of grace. It's not something we deserve. It's what God has given to us freely in Christ Jesus. And it's all based upon the gospel of the grace of God. For he comes with the gospel to let us know and give us a felt need and a desire that we might be delivered from the terrible wrath of God that abides upon us. The Holy Spirit convinces us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The Holy Spirit comes that he might give us that faith to lay hold of the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes to work in our hearts that truly we might pass from death unto life. Well, this is exactly what he tells us in John's Gospel, chapter 5, in verse 24. We read these words. This is what he says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The salvation that God gives, the salvation is taught in the word of God, is a salvation that causes us to pass from spiritual death into spiritual life. This life is worked in us by the Holy Spirit, for he gives us that faith to lay hold of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit who works in us regeneration. It is the Holy Spirit who works in us what we call the new birth, whereby a new life principle has been put within us, and God has given us a new heart and a new nature and a desire after the things of God. Not only that, but he causes us to be crucified unto the world, and the world crucified unto us. This is what he tells us in his precious word. When the Holy Spirit comes, he gives us a salvation, and that salvation is in Christ, whereby we pass from death unto life, made a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But not only that, but he has given us that grace to be crucified to the world, and the world has been crucified unto us. He tells us that in Galatians 5.24, And they that are Christ Are you listening? 
they that of Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. In other words, their desires are changed. Their desires are no longer after the flesh, but after the spirit. Their desires and their affections have changed. And they're no longer after their affections no longer go after the things of the world and sin and that which God hates, but it goes after Christ. In other words, exactly what he says in Ephesians chapter 4 in these words. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is the bent of the believer's life because he's in Christ. The world has been crucified unto him, and he has been crucified unto the world. You might ask the question, how, do, how does this come about? Well, there's one thing about our union with Christ that I love. Many things about it I love. But the one thing about our union with Christ is that it, it, that it is an experimental union. It is not a union by proxy. It's a living union. It's a loving union. It's a lasting union. And this union has been worked in us by the faith which has been given to us <clears throat> that we may go outside of ourselves and we might ca must, we, we cast ourselves upon Christ and as the old saying goes, sink, swim, survive, or perish, Christ is my all in all. Sink, swim, survive, or perish, the cross is my only hope. The blood of Christ is all that can cleanse me. It is an experimental thing. It is worked in us by faith. And this faith lays hold of Christ, wholly upon Christ. It, becomes, it, it comes to abhor all of that which is of the flesh. It comes to abhor our, our, our self-righteousness that we try to palm off on God. Paul said that's exactly what happened to him in Philippians chapter 3. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count, count them but dung, refuse, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. I hate it but that which is through the faith of Christ, 
the righteousness which is of God by faith. In other words, all of my works I repudiate. None of them could ever cleanse me before God. None of them could ever bring me to God. All of my works were as filthy rags. Abhor them. I count them as refuse. I count them as dung. And where do I come? I come by faith because he has worked in my heart to cling solely and completely in the work of my blessed Lord. I come to cling only and trust only in the justifying blood of Christ. I have no other hope but that blood that was shed upon Calvary's cross for me. God will look at nothing else to justify us but that blood and righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will not look upon anything that we have done, but he looks upon us and justifies us because we have come and have been born in the family of God and faith has laid hold of the Lord Jesus Christ. Such is a man that's in Christ. Again, we are in Christ when we love the Lord Jesus. Think of that for a while. I'm in Christ because God, as by His Spirit, has put in within me a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. My heart goes searching after Him. I don't want none other but Him. When the heart has trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, when the heart has come by faith and laid hold of Christ as dying for him upon the cross, as being made sin for him who knew no sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him, when that takes place, a new creation has taken place. Where are my affections now? Did you ever ask yourself that question? Where is your affection now? This morning, I would ask each and every one of you, where is your affection? Is your affection upon Christ and Him alone? You've cast your soul upon him, then you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. There is such a change in the man who's in Christ 
that there is a deep and warm affection for the crucified one. I praise God for that. I don't know I don't know whether how much you value that that statement or not. But that's one of the greatest things in all the world. It's to have my heart united and knitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. To have to be accepted in the beloved. To be made a new creation in Christ Jesus. And there's that deep and warm affection after the crucified one. To cling only to him. To embrace only him. To have no other love but his. To show no other affection anything but him. You say that, is that, are you telling me the truth? Is it, is it possible? Well, I didn't finish reading there in, <clears throat> in Philippians where I read to you about Paul's conversion. But let me show you something. In chapter 3 of Philippians, from verse 4 through verse 6, he tells us of what he was by nature for God saved him. Listen to what he said of himself. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. What changed his mind? He tells us in Romans chapter 7, in these words, he said, what shall we say then, verse 7 of chapter 7, is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of wickedness. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The commandment slew him. He was ordained to death when he thought he was ordained unto life because of his so-called good works. And he went on down there and, and he said, Sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For well, I know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. God taught him that. 
So what is he tell us in, telling us in Philippians 3? He's telling us in Philippians 3 that he paraded before God all of these good things that he had done, that he was circumcised, that he was of the stock of Israel, he was of the tribe of Benjamin, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, he was a Pharisee, the strictest of all sects concerning zeal, and he persecuted the church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, as far as he knew it, he was blameless. But, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, refuge, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. But he doesn't stop there, as I did a while ago. I come back to it to tell you this. After God had convinced him of sin, and in all of those works that he had depended upon to be saved were swept out from underneath him, and he had no foundation on which to stand, and now he sees everything lost but that which is in Christ, and he's come to know God by the righteousness of faith. Does it stop there? It doesn't. In verse 10 it says, that I may know him. I thought you knew him, Paul. Yes, I know him, but I want to know him more. I want to know the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if, I, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And then he says, not as though I had already attained, in other words, I'm satisfied with Christ, and Christ is satisfied with me. But I want more. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I desire to love him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I haven't got there yet, but I follow on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. And what did Christ lay hold of him for? He might be like him. Brethren, I count not myself to have laid hold of it yet, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And beloved, one of the sure marks, are you listening to me? One of the sure marks that a man has passed from death unto life, one of the sure marks that a man is in Christ, is that he still desires Christ. He, he desires to know more about him. He desires to walk with him day by day. Everything else in life he wants to let go. He just wants to know Christ and become like him. Why? Well, the Word of 
God tells us in another place that Paul was married to Christ. And so is every child of God. And since there's no divorce in this marriage, and it's until death do us part, then I want to know more about him. I want to live with him. I want to walk with him. I want to show that I love him. Maybe I could put it like this. I don't know how many weddings I've had in my lifetime. I could not start to count them. But there is a part in the ceremony that goes... Do you take this man whom you hold by your right hand to be your lawful wedded husband, to live with him after the ordinances of God, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, you cling to Christ alone as long as you live? Forsaking all other lovers, forsaking sin, self, and the world, you love him only, asking, live your life in me, because I want to walk with you all the days of my life. You see, that's being a new creation. This is what God does for us. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have... ...nor of the will of the flesh, that is my flesh, my will, nor of the will of man, that is some preacher, a personal worker, but born by the will of God. You see, that change has taken place because it is God who has worked in us. And then in John 3, our Lord associates faith and regeneration in the same way. He goes on in that third chapter of John and he tells us we must be born again or we cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he goes on down and tells us in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the new birth, God working in us, and faith come together. Faith lays hold of that which God has wrought in us by the Holy Spirit. In 1 John 5, 1 we read, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Wherever a man has faith, you can rest assured he's been born again. And therefore he's been made a new creation. Wherever a man has been born again, you can rest assured that there faith works in the heart. 
And that change has taken place. It's a complete and a radical change. All things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. I guess if there's one thing that People ask me about more than anything else on the phone. And that is the carnal Christian theory. Well, that's all it is, is a theory. Because it's not of God. As if a man, all he has to do is make a decision. And then he's saved and he can live as he pleases the rest of his life. No. When God comes in, saves a man, he is changed, he is quickened, he's made alive, he's brought from the dead, from trespasses and from sin, and the power of God works in him. Beloved, I wonder if you ever saw that scripture in Ephesians 1.19, and what is the exceeding greatness of God's power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And what he's saying is this, that the very same power that it took to raise Christ from the dead is the very same power that raises us from the grave of sin. There's no difference. There's no difference. Take that same radical change of the power of God to quicken us and make us alive and bring us out of the place of death and trespasses and sins into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. This change is described in Galatians 6.15 in these words. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. This must be a creation. I would say that it was such a change as if the man had entered his mother's womb and be born again. It's just a change, just a radical change and God has changed the man. He has broken the power of sin. He has set him free. And he's brought him into the kingdom of God's dear son. These, this, this is what God said. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 we're God's workmanship. And when he works on us and works in us, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And that's what we desire to do by the grace of God. We want to follow him and follow him alone. It is such a change that happens to the individual that he tells us in Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath 
translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. It's a translation by the power of God worked in us. Not only that, but 1 John 3.14 tells us that it's a passing from death unto life. It's that much of a change. It's that change that was wrought in the body of Lazarus when he was raised from the grave. He was dead. Now he's been raised and life is in him now. It is a it is a change whereby we have been begot or born again by the Spirit of God. Beloved, I could keep going on. The scriptures speak of this work of grace <clears throat> in a man, and a man's heart by the Holy Spirit produced in a very wonderful way until that change is, to, is called in Romans 6, 17. I want you to get the word of God. But thank, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. In other words, one day we were the servants of sin. God has come by his power. He's given us that obedient heart to believe the gospel, and he's delivered us, and we're no longer servants of sin. Verse 18, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. God works this change within our hearts until we're made. We, we no longer are the servants of sin, but the servants of righteousness. And then there's something else that happens. In Colossians 1, verse 21, we read these words. And you, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Now, brethren, how can that take place? Did you hear that? Did you hear the word of God? Not my word, but God's word. It says, and you that were sometime alienated. We were alienated from God. I was an enemy in my mind by wicked works against God. I did not want him. I wanted my own way. I wanted sin. I did not want to bow to his authority whatsoever. And by wicked works, I showed it. But there came a day by the grace of God when he gave me a hatred for sin and a, and a sorrow over sin and repentance. And he called me unto himself by faith to lay hold of him. And he reconciled me unto himself. He no longer is my enemy but he is my, my God in Christ, my reconciled God. And what has he done for me? In the body of his flesh through death, Christ has put away 
all the handwriting of ordinances that were against me. And what does he do? He presents me holy and unblameable and unreprovable in the sight of God. Uh, that's not good news. I don't know what good news is. Did you hear what, it, what the Scripture says? The Scripture says, it is such a change, such a radical change, that we who were alienated from God, we were enemies <coughs> in our mind by wicked works against God, but God came to our hearts with the Holy Spirit. He spoke to our souls. He began to break us down under Holy Spirit conviction. He began to lead us to Christ. And we found out that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And that through the body and the flesh of Christ upon the cross by his blood that was shed there, <clears throat> then as we come by faith to trust in Christ, and look only to Christ, then Christ presents us before the Father, holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. If that's not a new creation, I don't know what is. If that's not <clears throat> from one kingdom to another, I don't know what is. But there it is, spelt out for us. We were alienated. Enemies in our mind by wicked works. But now through Christ, that is through the body of his flesh, through death by the shedding of his precious blood, he was able to reconcile us unto God and to present us before this alienated God whom we hated, holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. You believe that? I believe it with all my heart that that's what God's done for this poor soul that stands before you. It's a radical change that's taken place before him. Not only that, but this change is so radical Are you ready for this? This change is so radical that the Word of God tells us there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Condemned to die. Condemned under the wrath of God. Without hope, without mercy. God in his love to my soul came to my soul and began to deal with my heart. He saved me by his grace. Gave me the faith to trust him and lay hold of him. And now I can walk with the grace of God. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus.
people of it. I would say that's a radical change, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean a radical change Amen. in what God has done and what he's able to do. But if all of that was not enough, he gives us one more statement. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, <clears throat> that completes it all. And this is what he says. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Not only does he make us new down here, but when we, when we go to be with him, we'll be finished with sin. There shall in no wise enter into that city, into that place, anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh the lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, all things shall be made new. <clears throat> and we shall be with him forever and ever, without sin. Look into him. tried to describe what that change is this morning. Tried to describe how it takes place. But unless you would go home without understanding what I said, I must tell you that there are things whereby we can, recon we can recognize whether these things have been taking place in our lives. When we're converted and made a new creation in Christ Jesus, there begins a lifelong conflict because Satan will never let us alone. There is still left within us our sin nature but he's given us a new heart and a new nature to fight it but we're in a lifelong battle and a conflict never never lose sight of the fact that we are brought into a state <coughs> of conflict and then there is always are you listening to me? There's always a sense of sin. Because we have a new nature within us, then there is that sense of sin. No man ever found peace with God without first repenting of sin and knowing it to be an evil thing. The whole, says Christ, have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Christ does not heal those who are not sick. He never clothes those who are not naked, nor enriches those who are not poor. True conversion always has in it, then, that humbling sense 
of the need of divine grace working in our souls continuously, moment by moment. That's another <coughs> evidence or thing that you can recognize. Is there in you that humbling sense of the, the need of divine grace working in you moment by moment and day by day? You cannot do without the Lord. You cannot do without His Word. You cannot do without prayer. You cannot do without coming to Him. And so you come to Him. And you fall down before Him. And you worship Him. Lord, Thou art my only hope. Lord, Thou art my only help. Lord, Thou art my life. I cannot live without You. I cannot go on without You. I'd be lost without You. So give me that grace to live. Take away continuously the love to satisfy self. Take away the love. Take away from me that love for the world. Give me a love for righteousness and holiness continually. Give me a hatred against evil. Give me a hatred for it. And continue to be turning from it unto thee. Then the one object in our life should be to please God. Not to please self, but to please God. To live for the glory of God. Because our desires are changed. Then we say with the psalmist, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so our soul pants after thee, O Lord. I want nothing but thee. He's given us a new heart. He's given us a new nature. He has put His Spirit within us that we may walk there. The Holy Spirit is there within us <clears throat> to see that we walk in this life of new creation. And He'll never leave us and He'll never forsake us. Do we know anything about these things I've spoke about this morning? I've tried to make them as clear as possible. That the man who says he's in Christ is a man who's been made a new creation. A 
man in whom all things have passed away and all things have become new. Let's ask the Lord to search our hearts and to write these things upon our hearts this morning that we might seek him with all of our hearts. Then how do we come to him? I guess if I've told you what I'm going to tell you in a moment, one time I have told it a thousand times over the years to precious souls. How can I come to him? I can tell them just as you are. But I tell them to go to the book of John, the Gospel of John, and I tell you this morning the same thing. I love to go there. And to sit down in the third chapter of John with Nicodemus and to hear those words, you must be born again. And to tell the Lord, Lord, for me to know you, for me to be that new creation, I must be born again. Will you work that work of regeneration in my heart? Then go to the fourth chapter of John and sit down with that woman of Samaria who was living in sin that sat on Jacob's well with the Lord Jesus and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner like she is. I need that water of everlasting life. Will you give it to me? And go to the fifth chapter of John and sit down with the man who had laid at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years and could never get to the water when the angel came to stir it up so that he could be healed. And when the Lord Jesus Christ asked him, would you be healed? He says, I have no man to put me into the water. And sit down there and tell the Lord, Lord, I have no man. Thou alone can speak the word of forgiveness and the word of resurrection and the power the walk. Then go to the eighth chapter of John and sit down with the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. Put yourself in her place and say, Lord, I'm like her. But you told her, thy sins have been forgiven thee. Go and sin no more. Will you tell me the same thing? And then you can go to the, eight, the ninth chapter of John, the story of the blind, man born blind, and you can tell him, Lord, I am spiritually blind, 
I can't see. Will you open my eyes that I may behold the glory of Christ and to trust him? Then go to the 11th chapter of John and sit down there at the tomb of Lazarus and tell the Lord, Lazarus, Lord, I'm as dead as Lazarus was. He was dead physically. I'm dead spiritually. Speak the word that you spoke to him, and I'll live. How may you come to him? You have examples all the way through the word of God of how to come and sit down there with him and cry after him and trust him. Look to him and ask him to work in your heart as he worked in the hearts and lives of others. This text has been on my heart all week. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I trust the Lord God of glory has taken by his spirit something of his word this morning and written it upon our hearts. We will not go out here the same people that we came in, but our cry will be after him. We may love him and walk with him all the days of our life.